Tanya, in this chapter, one of the longest chapters in Tanya, has been trying to bring one point across. And that is, Hashem doesn't know what's going on in this world. He is this world. And that's really at the heart of the whole Shara Yichud Ve'amunah, the whole gate of unity, understanding that God's not the God of the world. He's the God world. World is godliness. But then we're confronted with the questions we've been struggling with the last few weeks. Then why don't we see him? How does he contract himself? Various levels of godliness, as we've been talking about, dat elion, dat tachton, God's perspective, our perspective. We've been talking some really, really deep stuff over here. And he says, based on all we've been talking about, you can understand the two levels of godliness that are often referred to in Kabbalah, the way God surrounds this world, soiviv kalalmin, and the way that God fills this world, mamali kalalmin. On a simplistic translation, it means there's one level of God that cannot enter this world, so it only surrounds it. The other level does enter, and it fills this world. What does that mean? Is the level that surrounds the earth, the Soviv Kalamin, not actually entering the world? But we said God's everywhere. So he actually explains this with an analogy we've learned before, and that is the power of thought. When I'm thinking about something, as you can hear, there's a helicopter flying above me. I could be imagining the helicopter, and if I was the manufacturer of the helicopter, I could actually think about every single detail and encompass it in my mind. But still, the helicopter is not in my head. Not the physical one, at least. The concept of it. With Hashem, however, His thought encompasses the actual physical thing. But the difference between the two levels is the level of Soviv Kalamin, where Hashem surrounds the idea or surrounds the object, He's not descending to the level of the object. So He's fully encompassing the object, but He hasn't become part and parcel with the object based on the level of the object. It's still the ultimate spiritual level. There's no major symptom condensing. But then there is the way Hashem condenses Himself to fit into the object. And each object has its own level of condensation. If Hashem's coming into a, a Jewish neshama, if the way Hashem's coming to a human being, the way Hashem's coming into an animal, the way Hashem's coming into a cup of water, each one based on their level. And He gives an example of the sun, who's finite, it's big, but it's finite, and whose quality and significance, namely its light, is also limited to the extent it can admit light. For it cannot illuminate indefinitely since it is a created being, and thus inherently limited. Thus, although the light of the sun illuminates a huge distance, that distance is not without limit. Likewise, all created beings are finite and limited. Hence, since created beings are finite and limited, the life force which, which is invested in them has to be contracted. For it must first undergo a numerous and powerful contractions until created beings, again, who are by nature finite and limited, may be brought into existence from its power and light. So no matter how powerful something is in this physical world, even something as powerful as the sun, there is no way Hashem vitalizes it without holding itself back 
without cutting back its life force, because the sun is still limited. So Hashem engages this world in two ways, and we've been exploring these two ways from multiple perspectives, but today's perspective is, there's the way Hashem obviously vitalizes the world, but stays above it, and in this level He vitalizes everything equally, because He's not taking into consideration the physicality and the level that he's vitalizing. And then there is the way Hashem gives a special attention to detail each and every single item based on the energy it needs. 